Do you want to grow as a professional, get the promotion you deserve, or find your dream job, or maybe grow your business, finding new clients, or build stronger relationships with prospects and clients? Then this podcast is for you. This is Personal Branding, the podcast. And in this podcast, I help you to grow your personal brand so you can achieve your goals and grow as a professional. Smina, welcome. Hi, Wendy. It's really nice to have you, especially because you just delivered a two-day training on employer or employee advocacy, I should say. So it's very exciting to have you here. Um, right. Thank you, Wendy, for having me. Of course, of course. And you reached out to me to do an episode together, but I'm absolutely delighted uh, that you joined me here today. Could you do a short introduction for the people who are listening and don't know you yet? Sure, Wendy. Uh, so my name is Cosmina Koman, and uh, I'm heading the company called Learning Pro, which is, um, let's say, catering to organization soft skills training mainly. And uh, lately, our focus is on uh, employee advocacy and even social selling, because uh, I see the value of LinkedIn a lot and employers are seeing as well more and more. So this is our main focus right now. Yeah, great. And it's, it's very excited to hear that more and more companies see the value of this, right? Yes, and uh, uh, at least I know that I am an evangelizer, if you want to say, uh, of LinkedIn, being a member of LinkedIn of uh, almost 18 years. So, in fact, I have started to do uh, training uh, for uh, employees to make their profile and to, let's say, make leverage on LinkedIn for at least seven years. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, you've seen a lot, right? And, and I can right. Seven years, yeah. And can you tell a bit more about your personal uh, personal branding journey, as in you call yourself a micro-influencer, uh, so we'd like to hear more about that as well, and, and how did you get there uh, to become that micro-influencer on LinkedIn? Right. Um, so, uh, first of all, as a professional background, uh, which is, let's say, backing the personal brand, um, I think it's quite important that... Um, I have also a corporate background um, that I have uh, led uh, the function of learning and development for the largest bank in Romania, where I have, in fact, even uh, launched and run the first, corp first corporate university in Romania. Uh, so um, this journey um, of um, corporate background and then entering into the entrepreneurial, uh, let's say, realm of course, um, somehow uh, put the challenge of uh, establishing, finding and establishing my own personal brand. And uh, once I have learned how to do it for myself uh, and first of all, understanding, as I said, the value of LinkedIn, I started to train other people on how to do it because I saw its value firsthand. And of course, is as you said, it's a journey uh, and this has multiple facets. Of course, uh, when I started, uh, let's say, the entrepreneurial uh, journey, uh, LinkedIn was not very, because this was in, um, I think, 2010 or something like this. At least in my country, uh, LinkedIn was not having a very big reach. 
So networking, if you want, was the basis of uh, personal branding. But now people are finding out more and more that uh, LinkedIn is supporting also networking with a personal branding attached. And of course, I started with, uh, let's say, naming my own company called Learning Pro, uh, sending a clear message on what I do, what I want. It's like the principle of niche uh, communication, very important. And then, of course, the consistency of the branding. So as we are telling to our um, people who are coming into our training, it's important not to deviate uh, very much uh, from what your mission is. Uh, so this way uh, you can have a good consistency and memorability of your what you are doing. Um, and of course, uh, when you are talking about personal branding, you are talking about uh, design as well. Why not? And uh, somehow integrating your digital presence, meaning that uh, what you are communicating on one social platform uh, should be somehow consistent, okay, with other type of messages, with other social networks. Because, of course, people are not staying only on LinkedIn. They are on TikTok, they are on Facebook, they are on Twitter. Uh, but uh, it's much more solid and uh, your personal branding efforts are paying much more when uh, you are staying, let's say, on the same message because this way you get to much more people than if you dissipate your message to, to different kind of uh, services, if you want. Yeah, interesting. And um, I like the fact that you say you need to be consistent across multiple channels. So on Instagram, LinkedIn. On the other hand, um, mindset of people is different. So the mindset of people on LinkedIn is different from Instagram. So I can imagine that even the messaging is similar. The way you share the message might be different. Indeed, def definitely this is uh, recommended, uh, but at the same time what I found, find out, what I learned from uh, the people who I'm, whom I work with in companies, uh, on LinkedIn they tend to be a little bit uh, worried or even more worried on what to post, you know very well. So uh, this is my work to encourage them along with the employers, because it's very important if their employers are not encouraging them um, to share authentic message, they will not do it. And first of all, exactly like you said, um, it's a mindset shift that we are working on, why the employers should empower them to be present on LinkedIn, their employees, because we are working mainly not with, uh, let's say, individuals, but with employees of uh, um, in, of a certain company. So uh, it's important to have this, um, uh, let's say, joint strategy to align the strategy of the employer with those of the employees. And this indeed is a challenge when we are talking about the benefits of personal branding for the employer and for the employees. But there are, of course, a lot of benefits. Yeah, can you tell a bit more about those benefits? Because you hear quite often, right, when companies say, oh, we have such great content. Why do our employees not share it? And on the other hand, we also hear a lot like, you know, what's in it for me? Why should I share company content? Can you tell a bit more about what are the benefits when you do it right? Sure. Um, so... Um, at least, so at minimum, for 
customer facing or candidate facing employees, which are many, of course, in any organization and where the challenges is the biggest in organizations. So to attract um, customers or to attract candidates, there is a direct link bet um, between uh, your presence especially on LinkedIn, might be on other social media, depending on your type of customers or your uh, uh, candidates, uh, direct link uh, between your active presence on that platform and what you are doing with your profile and what you are doing with your activity, with your messaging towards the respective target audience, be it customers or be it uh, candidates, and your results. And this is the as direct link. And of course, if we are uh, people, uh, if the employees are in the marketing, it's uh, not uh, even a reason to talk about because of course there is a direct link, but uh, also for other people. Then for the other uh, employees who are not necessarily customer facing or candidates facing, um, there are benefits in terms of learning, for example, especially on LinkedIn. When you, let's say, curate your uh, network or uh, the people who are you are following very well in line with your professional interest there is there are tremendous opportunities to learn uh, and me being in the learning uh, industry and the learning uh, field i'm a very big fan on what uh, amazing things you can learn why because we are living in a such uh, fast paced um, workplace and uh, um, times when you cannot uh, comprehend or you cannot catch all the learning that is appearing and uh, uh, it's uh, coming into the world. So when I uh, follow Wendy, for example, and, that I, and I see that she's coming with an insight uh, and I'm following her and uh, maybe at some point I'm posting stuff uh, with uh, interesting and uh, knowledge from my field from learning, we are both benefiting. But otherwise, if I'm not building my personal brand as a learning professional, for example, Wendy or other people whom I might learn from will not uh, follow my activity. So uh, in terms of learning, which is maybe an underrated uh, benefit of uh, even personal branding, but definitely on LinkedIn, and I'm not talking about, of course, LinkedIn learning, which is another stuff, but just from being simple present on, on LinkedIn. And of course, exposure to other peers in the industry. Um, it's curiosity and even friendships, relationships, uh, why not? So there, there are a lot and uh, even Increasing confidence is very important because, uh, okay, uh, personal branding, of course, is not just having a profile, wherever platform it is. You have to be active and to contribute to your network. Because as I said, if many years ago we were not talking about uh, digital platforms and we were having only the real life uh, networking, still personal branding was existing at that time. Uh, is who are you as a person position uh, uh, among your peers in your network? Uh, what you are good, valuable, why people are calling you for? Now is why people are following you for. They are following you for interesting content in that specific field that you have chosen to, chosen to uh, project your uh, career and your uh, professional goals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, 
one of the things that pops up right away is when an employer is able to enable their employees, the employees become more visible. One of the things that could stop an employer from pushing that is they're scared to lose their good people, right? Because when they are more visible, there are other companies reaching out to them. I, I bet you heard this before. What's your opinion there? <laughs> many, many times. And in fact, um, first of all, there are, there are uh, I think, three points that I want to highlight. Uh, one, we all know from experience and from management books and from everything from theory that people are not living uh, because they receive a better offer it's like in any, any relationship it's that because uh, something is not working for them in that organization so that is the first uh, reason that i would counter uh, act um, second i had uh, an example right yesterday in uh, the training where um I instructed, let's say, or I showed them how to make the, the, the trainees, the video cover story on their LinkedIn profile. Uh, and they have asked me if I am not willing to or open to career opportunities, how should I formulate my message uh, on this video? And I uh, told them, uh, look, of course, it's like a neutral message. I'm not sharing exactly right now. It was a neutral message. I'm open to opportunities, in my, uh, not opportunities, to learning in my fields and so on. So just a neutral. And um, I was having in the same room the, this guy who was in the B2B sales uh, and the HR director, who, in fact, she's brave enough that they have, she has initiated the, this uh, project, in fact. And um, he asked her, the director, uh, what would you say if you, without knowing that we are uh, receiving this knowledge in the training, if you would see this cover story, would you think that I want to leave the company? And she frankly said, yes, I would. But now, because you have received the, this training, I understand that it's not for this purpose. So the the lesson learned here is of course is uh, with training and understanding of the benefits for the employees this tension uh, among let's say the employers and employees about um, their uh, potential uh, leave uh, if they build a personal brand might uh, go away and the third uh, point that i want to highlight is uh, being in learning uh, again um, i heard many times it was like a quote that was circulating um, if you think training uh, is expensive try ignorance and i would say that these days this quote of course might be transformed for organization if you think personal branding is expensive try ignorance is similar because if you leave your employees disconnected in this connected hyper-connected world and you have to be connected with others through an image through giving values through your personal brand so personal brand it's an effect if you want of what you do and how you show up in your network so it's uh, that's why if you are uh, let's say a salespeople who are not uh, at, uh, at the day with the current industry trends and so on you are not valuable for your customers uh, 
for your and same candidates and uh, for uh, uh, recruiters if as a recruiter if you don't offer value to your candidates and how could they perform better in an interview and so on you are not valuable for them so they might not even answer to your linkedin messages which in fact you know many times especially in it industry it people who are very sought after they are many times not answering to recruiters messages and this is a challenge of course so these are the three points that i would highlight in terms of uh, this uh, potential objection of employers um, <laughs> against uh, personal branding yeah yeah i completely agree with you and i think often it's also the knowledge right they don't have enough knowledge and that's where the the the, the idea comes from that it's uh, that it's a risk which is not, of course. So um, I, of course, work also with a lot of companies and they create amazing content. Um, and then I talk about, of course, company branded content. They make, they make those amazing videos and I completely understand that they want their employees to share it as well because it's just a wider reach. And because it's such good content, I also agree that it should be shared widely. But what should be the balance when an employee is starts to share company content versus non-company content? What do you think should be the balance there? Yeah, this is a question we addressed uh, beforehand uh, in, uh, in our trainings. I would say because it's much simpler to uh, be memorized, it's the classic 80-20. 80% uh, should be authentic um, messages or user-generated content. Like, And I see many times this kind of coffee cups, uh, photos uh, in the stand-up meeting or whatever, nice environment in the office. So um, 80% percent user generated content or industry related content and 20 percent maximum uh, company related content and here um, regarding let's say the reluctance many times which we find uh, to some employees not necessarily because they don't want to do it but they don't have the time they don't see the benefits uh, they would find it uh, too awkward maybe to share company related message uh, my advice of course is to um, of first of all uh, start with the leadership because power of example is working always so if you see your leadership from the top to your current manager is doing this and showing uh, if you want brand ambassadorship and sustaining your company values and we are not talking uh, sharing about their products but maybe their uh, csr projects uh, planting a tree or whatever uh, so there are so many nice uh, action that our company are doing and they are not benefiting um, optimally out of this image so First of all, start with leadership and then uh, encourage your employees, first of all, to start small by commenting, because this is the easiest way to start it. And then slightly, slightly start sharing um, and encouraging them indeed to, to make their own, uh, own content. Yeah. And do you believe, because some companies work with employee focusy tools, right, where they prepare content and then... There's all those nice streams. You work on this department, so we have these types of pieces of content for you. Is an employer also responsible for the non-branded content to make the employee successful? Or is it just the branded content enough to feed them, in your opinion? 
could be could take your uh, the responsibility for this but i would not encourage it uh, let's say uh, as a priority because uh, this is somehow the way to empower the employee the, uh, the employee to find their own interest because every one of us is unique so uh, somehow okay you can uh, let them and i know that already um, employers are putting a lot of content resources accessible to employees so no problem with this in terms of learning in terms of everything uh, so content resources there are the time uh, challenges is there i would rather train them and i see this only just even in two three four hours of training that if you are encouraging them to have the mindset of identifying i i i'm quoting shareable moments and if you have this mindset and uh, it can happen very nicely and in a fun joyful way when they are having i don't know a, a, a team building or an activity in teams they already start having this mindset of course if you have professional interest or part of the linkedin groups why not and you identify there from for your own interest if you are in automotive industry uh, you can see self-driving cars i'm following that uh, group industry and so on so uh, let let me uh, as an employee somehow um, find my own resources it's a good way to offer them but um, somehow give them the freedom to so it's it should be both but it's uh, give, give them the freedom to to the employees to find somehow their own uh, resources yeah yeah i agree yeah because that's the only way to build a unique brand right otherwise it's already being influenced again mm -hmm. by the employer yeah and then um so once people are trained and they're all energized and, and they're ready to go and they start to maybe update the, their profiles and they start to share content and then we're three, four weeks in and then motivation starts to drop. What's your advice there? How do we keep people engaged and active? Yeah, that, that's one of the biggest challenges indeed. So I, I hear uh, one of the best things that could be done, it's the so-called activation uh, method like in marketing. So um, first of all, now everyone is uh, more or less connected with this kind of teams, uh, channels and so on. And one of the methods is to create like a channel or, um, in teams, for example, of employee advocacy, where you not only put, let's say, uh, content uh, relevant for the company, look, we have done this action uh, and so on, but also um, uh, new stuff that uh, are related to LinkedIn, because uh, once again, I'm promoting LinkedIn as a main professional uh, channel, okay, could be in other uh, channels as well. Um, but uh, for example, if you um, share them, look, these are the new features that you can do things in LinkedIn. So new things like a guide, how to make your profile better. And at the same time, what is working, I've seen in companies, like a one hour per month or per quarter, like a webinar with a specialist on employee advocacy from the organization or external uh, to share them the new things and even share, look, uh, these employees uh, best practice have done and they will look how that uh, reach that and the engagement that they have done. How could we replicate this? How could this done better? On to 
prepare for the example the celebration of the next month uh, next year that we are celebrating the 30 years of the company and so on so this kind of stuff to it, it, it's in, it is indeed it's a program it's not just a one time it's a it's not a passive process employee advocacy it's a long time but it's paying off for both for employers and not only in terms of attracting talent but also for retention and of course in commercial side and uh, optimizing even the marketing budget of course but also for the employees uh, and they feel uh, more cared by the company when they investing in their personal brand yeah absolutely yeah and and i'm just thinking about what's coming in the future do you think at some point employers are going to look for professionals who already have a strong personal brand and they might be more interesting candidates versus other people who might have a similar skill set but not such a strong personal brand? Do you think that's going to play a role? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Because this is part of the human nature. Uh, somehow, let's just think that we live in it attention economy um, the let's say filtered done by uh, artificial intelligence in the recruitment platforms have their own limitation of course because they are not human so the human um, mind and the, the eye if we are thinking even in terms of the visuals of a profile of a brand are subjective and uh, the voice everything and for example i know on the linkedin name you can put your uh, audio name pronunciation so there is already the voice people are very for example um, very surprised when they see that cover uh, story for example in my uh, profile on my picture that, that this could be done on linkedin and of course this is a way of humanizing the relationship so that's why once you are investing you as an employee as a professional wherever you go in your career this is uh, an investment that it pays off because um, you get the attention not only to uh, potential employers but to potential partners to potential peers that you might learn from so uh, you grow skills are part of this game So once you are have a good personal branding, you attract people with similar skills because they hear about you and this way you grow together. So there are only wins for um, and benefits to, to invest you as an employee, but also as an employer. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when we look at the future, what do you think the future for employer branding looks like? I think the, because I was looking, for example, I, uh, the, there is a report from HubSpot uh, just uh, appear. Uh, of course, next year, the marketing budget are probably get lower than sometimes the marketing budget are, uh, let's say, also going into the employer branding uh, budget. So if you are thinking about the financial benefits of uh, employee advocacy, And I think Gardner, for example, was saying that by 2023, all B2B companies will have um, um, 90% of the digital media strategy will have an employee advocacy in place. So there is a big space. And I think the employee advocacy program, which I, I want to uh, make these clear distinctions 
uh, among employee advocacy and employer branding because it's, it looks similar but it's uh, different. Uh, if simplistically speaking, we would define employer branding as what the employer is saying about itself as an employer, employee advocacy is what the employees are saying about the company as an employer. So if you would be a candidate in terms of credibility, who would you believe? So credibility, it's about conversion. So I will click on your job post. If I hear about this job post from a credible source, I, otherwise, you, of course, as an employer, and I see many times on LinkedIn, look, we have a nice opportunity. Everyone has a nice opportunity right now. How do you differentiate yourself? What's your story? And personal story and the employee stories are the best, definitely, because they are unique and they are human. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, Cosmina, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? What's the best place to, uh, to reach out? Definitely LinkedIn profile. <laughs> My LinkedIn profile, Cosmina Coman. It's simple as that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining me. I think thank we all. You, Wendy. It's, uh, it's great to hear how passionate you are as well around employee advocacy and employer branding. It was a pleasure having you. And uh, for all the people who are listening and want to reach out to you, I'm sure they're going to find you on LinkedIn, as you said. I'll share your link in the, in the show notes as well so people can find it there. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Wendy. It's great to hear you and to talk to you today. Thank you. Bye. Bye.